0: You're listening to the Belmar Church Sermon Podcast. For more information about Belmar or to see our upcoming events, visit belmarchurch.com. We uh, began a new series last week talking about restoration. And uh, as I thought about that subject and thought about uh, the different passages we wanted to look at, we're going to talk today out of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and I wanted to begin this morning by talking about automobile restoration. Now, you might say, well, preacher, what do you know about automobile restoration? Nothing. But I do like to watch those uh, restore shows on TV, you know, so that's pretty much made me an expert, kind of like watching HGTV makes you an expert on home renovation until you grab a hammer and realize you don't know how to drive a nail. I've been there too. Um, Or actually, your wife watches HGTV and then she thinks, well, surely you could just take on this wall and open this up and we could do this. And then, you know, that ends poorly as well. But I love watching these automobile shows where they'll, you know, they'll find a car in a field and a tree's growing up through the engine compartment. And then 30 minutes later, they're entering it into a car show and winning a trophy. Like, it's great. And I'm sure that there's no TV magic in that, right? But there's different ways that people restore cars. Some cars are unrestored. They're just like, you know, they're just a used car, but because of the type of car that they are and because of the way they've been kept, they have great value as an unrestored car. Some cars, guys restore, and they go to great lengths to try to make the car exactly as it was when it was first new. So they'll go find uh, vintage-style batteries and vintage-style tires, and they'll worry about the different stickers in the engine compartment and making sure that every number matches so that it's exactly like it was maybe 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And it's a, it's a full restoration. What I like is when they do what's called a resto mod. Now that now, now maybe some pure hot rod guys or restore guys don't like that, but it's a combination of two words, right? Restoration and modification. It's where they'll take an old car and it'll look old, but it's not old. Maybe it'll have a modern engine. Maybe instead of an old finicky carburetor, it'll have a fuel injection system. Instead of brakes that kind of work, it's got new powerful disc brakes. It might have power steering when the original car didn't, or air conditioning, or other amenities. Now, maybe you are a purist and you're like, you know, I like when cars were, were just cars and they weren't computers and screens and all of that. And I can relate to that a little bit. But when it's cold and I hit that button and my seat starts to heat up, I'm like, hmm, technology, pretty good. Like, my friend got a truck, and it had a heated steering wheel. And I was like, heated steering wheel? That is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And then my wife got a car, and it had a heated steering wheel. And I was like, ooh, hello. This sure is nice. And so there's some things about modern vehicles that, are, that we enjoy. And so a restomod seeks to restore but modify. You say, preacher, why do we need that lesson? Well, because that's what God does to us. He restores, but he's in the business of modification. He's in the business of taking something that is old and making it new. And in Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 7, the Bible says this, You used to... these things. Now, what are these things? Well, prior to this, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Colossae, he lists a bunch of evil things. He lists a, a wicked lifestyle. And he says, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. And so Paul is talking, and he says, you used to be this way, but now God has moved you. He has changed you. He is modifying you. He is making you new. And so we want to look at a couple of ways that God desires to make us new, that he is making us new. The first is this. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if there has been a time and a place in your life where you have repented of the wrong things that you've done and you've turned in faith to God, believing in Jesus Christ, Jesus called it in John chapter 3, being born again. If that is you, then the Bible says you have a new citizenship. He says in Colossians 3, 7, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. Well, if our life is not a part of this world now, then it must be a part of another world. We have a new citizenship. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I are going to uh, travel to Israel. Uh, it was a gift from our church uh, uh, over a year ago, and we, we're we excited to go. And we have passports. And those passports say that we are citizens of the United States of America. And And so... We're going to go to Israel and we're going to go to Greece and we're going to lay over in a couple of other countries and I don't know all that we're going to have to do and who's going to have to inspect what and stamp what. and I've been through that a little bit before, but I know that after traveling abroad and I and I'm looking forward to it and I'm sure we'll have a great time, but then there's something about just getting back home, right? There's something about getting back to the U.S. where you kind of feel like, Okay, now I can get a cheeseburger or whatever it is that you need. You can tell what I need. But Paul says you used to do those things when you were part of another world. But now your citizenship is somewhere else. See, Paul is writing to believers In the beginning of this chapter, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about these things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So he's writing to believers, and he says, listen, you need to set your sights on heaven. He talks about heaven. Why? Because that is where our citizenship lies. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. You say, well, preacher, how can we be a citizen of heaven if we've never been there? Well, that's the beauty of what God does for us, amen? He says, you were once a part of this old world, but now you're a citizen of heaven. This is our future. This is our Eternity. This is what we are looking forward to. You know, when you travel, you look around and, and you want to see things and you want to experience things. But it's different than when you're home, isn't it? I mean... When you travel, you, you go to a ho- maybe you go to a hotel and you're staying there and you want the place to be clean, but you're not going, man, I really got to get out and, and work on that lawn. I see some bear patches there. You don't really care about that. Why? It's not your home. You, you want to experience things and you want to see things, but it's different than being home. And sometimes we get so caught up in the things of this world and we forget we're not home. Our citizenship is in heaven. And so, God, as He restores us, He gives us a new citizenship. Not only that, but He gives us a new nature. Beginning in verse 8 of Colossians 3, He says, But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds, put on your new nature. Put on your new nature. God is in the creation and the recreation business. You ever think about that? The very first time we see God, in all of scripture, he is creating. He's creating light. He's creating heaven and earth, water and land. He's creating plants and animals, and then he is forming man in his own image. He is a creation, a creating God, and he is a recreating God. In Ezekiel chapter 36, the prophet Ezekiel is, is, is proclaiming God's message to the nation of Israel. And he talks to them uh, about repenting and turning to God. And in chapter 36, he's talking about what God desires to do for the nation of Israel. And he says in verse 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. God says, listen, what I will do is I will take out your old nature. I will take out your old heart, and I will replace it with a new heart. Second Corinthians chapter five says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. God is in the creation and the recreation business. Matter of fact, guys that are expert hot rod builders will often build cars that don't necessarily resemble any other car. They just kind of take something and they, they so modify it that it's become something unrecognizable. That's what God desires to do with us. He is a creating and a recreating God. Notice what he says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. It doesn't matter whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether you have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are new people in God. In God, we are a new creation. He is creating something new. That's good news, because sometimes we look at ourselves, and we look at our past, and we think, you know, I can never change enough, and we can't change enough, but God desires to change us. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, beginning of verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deceit. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. If you would put... Back up there verse 23 for me. Did you catch what he said there? Let the Spirit renew, make new your thoughts and your attitudes. You want a verse to meditate upon? The Bible says that we're supposed to meditate on God's word. And for some of us, it's like, well, meditation, I don't really know what. I can't even go crisscross with my legs. I got a bad knee. That's not what he's talking about. It's the idea of taking God's word and and thinking about it, letting it just kind of seep into our heart and our mind. Ephesians 4.23 is a good verse to do that with. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Some of you need to change the way you think. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Romans and Galatians and in several places that we are to renew our mind. That means the way we think about certain things should change. But it's not about you changing your mind. It's about the Spirit renewing your thoughts. See, it means that I need to have thoughts that are less my thoughts and more thoughts of God. And that doesn't just come from me going, I'm going to try to do better. It comes from the Spirit at work in me. And he says not just that the Spirit needs to renew your thoughts, but it also needs to renew your attitudes. Oh, here we go. Now we're going to, you're going to talk about my attitude, preacher? Not me. I mean, but the Bible says, maybe, occasionally, every once in a great while, our attitude might not be exactly aligned with what God would have it to be. Not not you, but somebody else here. You know who we're talking about. Right? I mean, don't we all have a bad attitude at times? And maybe... Maybe you have a bad attitude about somebody at work. Maybe you've got a bad attitude about somebody you're married to. Or maybe you've got a bad attitude about something else. I don't know. And you're like, well, I'm going to do better. It's not about you doing better. It's about the Spirit working in you to renew your attitude. To make it more aligned with what God would have us to be. He wants to give us New thoughts, new attitudes, a new nature. Not only that, or because of that, we have a new relationship. He says in verses 10 and 11 of Colossians 3, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Notice what he says there in verse 10. He says, put on your new nature, be renewed, and what does he say? As you learn to know your creator and become like him. You know, the interesting thing, being the age I am now, I have one teenage girl at home and I drop her off at school every day and I, for years, worked as a youth pastor with teenagers. And things change, but they also stay the same. Like every generation of teenager wants to be unique. They, they, they feel the need to express themselves, right? It used to be when I was a youth pastor, there was the the whole goth thing, remember that? It was like, how pale can your face be? How dark can your clothes be? And, and they, all these kids felt the need to express themselves, and then they all expressed themselves exactly the same way. I got to tell you that the older I get, the less I pay attention to all the different trends. I know this, they all want to express themselves by having holes in their pants. That's a big thing. You pay more money. I, I, we, I pay more money for pants that have holes in them now. I mean, they're very fashionably cut, apparently. I know, I'm just, my daughter just looks at me and rolls her eyes and looks like you're just, you're old. I get it, I am. I can remember when, if I got a hold in my pants, then those were not the pants I was allowed to be fashionable in anymore. But they want to express themselves, they want to be unique, and then they do it the same way. Why? Because when you tend to hang out with people, you tend to find people that have interests that you have, and then you... Share those interests, and oftentimes you will act like them. You'll talk like them. And part of our new nature is getting to know Christ and imitate Christ, to be like Him, to have a relationship with Him. Think about a resume. You put on there your education, your skills, your experience. But oftentimes, if you're applying for a job, maybe you're applying for a college program or something else, they will ask for personal references. We want people who know you. We don't just want to know your qualifications. We want to know you. And so find good, sharp people who will say you're a good, sharp person. A personal reference. That's a hard thing, right? Because you're like, oh, I'll just put my buddy down. And then you're like, he knows a lot about me. So then you start thinking, right? Who knows me enough, but not too much maybe. And they're going to say nice things about me. But we need to spend time with Christ. We need to be in relationship with him. And as we are, we will be formed in his image as we know him. And the great thing is, the Savior wants a relationship with us. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14 says, Furthermore, we have seen with our eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. Romans says that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God desires a relationship with us. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to get to know him. He wants us to act more like him. This is a part of the new nature that God has for us. You want your attitude to be better? Spend time with the one who has a perfect attitude. You you want your, your thoughts to be better? Allow the Holy Spirit to show you and reveal to you the mind of Christ. This is what God desires for us. The Savior is working to perfect our nature or to mature our nature second peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says rather you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ relationships are reflective of our nature and relationships are dynamic relationships are something that are ongoing If you're married, this is an important aspect of it, right? My wife and I have been married 30 years, almost 31, right? Okay. Or is it almost 32? It's almost 32? It's been, it's flown by. It seems like three to me. Um, (laughs) Baby. We've been married for a while, We've been married longer than we were single. I know her. I know what kind of food she likes. I know what kind of clothes she likes to wear. Sometimes I don't, I'm not great at that. I don't always pay as much attention as I should, but I know her. We've done a lot of things together. I know how to push her buttons. A lot of times I can make her smile. But what I can't do is say, well, i got to figure it out, and I don't need to work at it anymore, and I don't need to, to, to really put much effort into that relationship because, well, you know, I've pretty much got it down. That's a recipe for disaster, right? And that's why we talk—that's why— People do things like continue to date their wives and spend time uh, together and find a date night or this or that or whatever it is or just spend some time talking and turn off the television or whatever it is you need to do to keep that relationship healthy and vibrant and active. And we understand that in a marriage. the Same thing is true spiritually. The same thing is true within our Church. You know, if we're not careful, even with other believers, we'll think, well, I've gone to church here. I know most of the folks, and, and, and we can take it for granted. You realize each and every Sunday when we gather together, we gather together as the body of Christ. And God has something through his body. He has something he wants to give you and something he desires for you to give to somebody else. There's somebody here today that needs something from you. Maybe it's just an encouragement. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's just a, it is good to see you. But it's not just static. A relationship is dynamic. And that's the same thing with God. You can't be like, well, I've gone to church. I I went to Sunday school for a while. I've read the Bible through once, so I've got it down. That's it. No, it's a relationship. You can't just look at a friend and say, hey, you're my best friend. I'll call you if I need you and not talk to him for years. That doesn't work, right? That's not the way relationships are meant to be. And the same thing is true with our relationship with God. Notice what he says there in verse number 10 of Colossians 3. He says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and be like him. That idea of renewed there means a continual refreshment of the new person in Christ. It's not a one-time deal. It's not, hey, you know, I prayed a prayer, and I and I got saved, and so that's it. No, God is desiring to continually work and create in us. And you know how I know that's his desire? Because he says that his desire is to make us like Christ. He wants to form us in the image of Christ. So think about that for a moment. Are you just like Jesus? Do you always think just like Jesus thought? Do you always have the attitude uh, that Jesus, just like a, an attitude of Jesus? No. Some of you are like, no. Some of you are like, well. The answer is no. And if you're not sure, Ask your spouse. They'll let you know. And so if we're not fully formed in the image of Christ, he's not done with us. There's more to do. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for five months or 50 years. God is still desiring to renew and recreate you. There are still lessons that we need to be learned. There's still things about our thought process that need to be changed, things about our attitude that need to be improved. And so it is a continual refreshment. We need to recognize the need for renewal in our relationship with God Almighty. And so my challenge to you this morning is simply this. Number one, do you know Christ as your Savior? Has there been a place and a time in your life when you've asked God to forgive you of the wrong things that you've done? You've you've confessed before him that, that you're a sinner and you are in need of forgiveness and you've trusted in Jesus Christ to forgive you And he said "If when he forgives us, he begins to make us a new creation. He he ensures in us, for us, eternal life in heaven. And so if you've never taken that step of faith, today you can take that step. We We baptized Sadie earlier, and that's what baptism is. Baptism is an outward display of what God has done in our heart. That's why I asked her, I said, Sadie, do you know Jesus is your savior? She's been saved and born again. And and baptism pictures that. It pictures the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it also pictures the old man who goes into the water and the new man or woman that emerges from that, the new creation in Jesus Christ. And God desires a relationship with you. And so if you've never taken that step of faith, today can be that day. Even as I'm talking this morning, you can pray right there in your seat and say, God, save me a sinner. God, I put my faith and my trust in you. I know that, I, that I've messed up, but God, I turn to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you are a Christian. You are a follower of Jesus. You have been saved. But maybe you've grown lax in your relationship with him. Maybe you've just kind of not been giving it the attention that it needs. You recognize that God needs to do work in your life. We started out this morning talking about cars Most of us have owned a car at one time or another, dealt with that. Maybe you've had the opportunity to buy a new car, have a really nice car, drive that thing, and everything works perfect. And then over time, your car needs some maintenance. The oil needs to be changed. The tires wear out. The windshield wipers get frayed and, cracked. And if we really want to have a safe and reliable vehicle, we've got to, we've got to maintain it. We have to renew it. And God is a God who creates and recreates and desires to create in us and continue to mold and make us into the image of Jesus. Jesus. And this morning, maybe you've been reminded that your thoughts and your attitudes are not all that they need to be. You just need to submit to the Spirit. Say, God, continue that process of renewal, of modification within me. Whatever your need is this morning, I pray that God's word would have an effect on your heart that you would respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit today. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word that convicts and instructs us. Your word empowered by your Holy Spirit that makes application to our heart and to our lives. And God, you desire to restore us to a relationship with you, but you desire also, God, to modify us, to renew us, to recreate within us a new heart, a new mind, a new life in you. God, if there's somebody here this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that even right now in this prayer that they would cry out to you, God. Lord, maybe... There's folks here this morning that I've been reminded that they need to be submissive to your Holy Spirit, and, and it's the work that it desires to do in our life, that we haven't arrived, that we don't have it all figured out. God today, we just need to be reminded that we need recreation, We need renewal in our own life. Lord, help us as we go from this place today to be submissive to you, to be seeking to allow you to mold us into the image of your Son. It is holy in his precious name we pray. Amen.